0: Welcome to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. It is Sunday, May 6, 2018, and we are live tonight. Very, very busy day. We have uh, a very uh, important show uh, to deal with tonight. Uh, Some of you heard me on uh, Pastor David Alexander Bullock's show, um, what was it, Uh, Friday Okay, and we were dealing with the film uh well we talked about some topics. We talked about uh Kanye West and um we talked about um uh, the lecture I was doing today uh dealing with the film Black Panther at uh Nandy's Knowledge Cafe. Okay. Um so thanks to everybody who came out today. But uh because of the comments, the idiotic comments from Kanye West, all right, um we're gonna talk about that some Tonight, so I was, I've i been on social media a lot. I've been on social media. I've, I've been on social media a lot, as you know. I uh, run the uh, I'm the owner of the African History Network uh, Facebook fan page, right? We have a million followers there. We're broadcasting. Shout out to everybody watching us on Facebook now. Share this broadcast on your own Facebook page and invite your t- friends to tune in. And I've seen a lot of comments uh, responding to what uh, Kanye West said, all right? And uh, 99.9% of the information that they're citing is not coming from trained historians, okay? And I'm seeing a lot of just absolute nonsense uh, being cited and circulated on uh, social media, all right? So you know how we do it at the African History Network. We focus on educating empowering and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. So tonight uh, our guest is going to be one of my teachers, Professor Kabahai Kamenei. You've seen him in the documentaries, Hidden Colors. You've seen him in the Black Friday documentaries. We're in the Black Friday, uh, Black Friday documentaries together from Director Rick Mathis. He's in Hidden Colors from Director uh, Tariq Nasheed. He's in 1804, The Hidden History of Haiti, from Director Tariq Nasheed. Uh, he's also in the Out of Darkness documentary, from director uh, Amadeus Christ, okay? And uh, Professor Kaba Kamene is one of my teachers, and I contacted him yesterday. I said, Look, brother, I said, it's a whole bunch of nonsense, just absolute disrespectful nonsense being circulated on social media. And I'm looking at a lot of comments from our people, and they have a very, very poor understanding of history, just like uh, Kanye West has a very poor understanding of history. And uh, I said, I want to have you on. Uh, so we can break this down, deal with the real history. Deal with the real history, okay. Um so uh before we go to uh brother Kaba, let me just open up with this, all right. So uh in case you uh didn't hear uh what happened uh this week, uh Kanye West was interviewed on uh, Kanye West was interviewed on uh TMZ, okay? He was interviewed on TMZ, and um he was taught, uh he was uh interviewed and he made some comments about slavery all right so there've been a number of articles uh there've been a number of articles dealing with this okay and the, the atlanta blackstar.com has an article um dealing with this topic kanye west slammed for slavery comments uh uh again for cl- kanye west slammed for slavery comments slammed again for clarification okay so In the course of this uh, interview, he's doing he. uh, A lot of the stuff is just what he's talking about doesn't make uh, any sense whatsoever. He says you hear about slavery for four hundred years, for four hundred years, okay? He said that sounds like a choice, like you was there for four hundred years, and it's all y'all. It's like we're mentally in prison. I like the word prison because slavery goes too direct to the idea of blacks, okay? Now, I saw the interview. I saw a lot of the interview that he did with Charlemagne the guy, but I also follow Kanye on Twitter, okay? And I saw his tweets. I read his tweets. I commented on three of them, still waiting on Yeezy to respond to me, and I read his tweets that he deleted as well because he had some other stuff, man, that was just didn't make didn't make sense. So he goes on to say, uh, uh um, Kanye, let's see, um, he goes on to talk about, um, so you had people uh, responding on social media. And uh, on on Twitter, he posted some comments trying to clean up what he was saying. And he said, to make myself clear, of course I know that slaves did not get shackled and put on a boat by free will, okay? He said, my point is for us to have stayed in that position, even though the numbers were on our side, means that we were mentally enslaved, okay? So there's some problems historically. If you understand, like, actual history, not Willie Lynch BS. Willie Lynch never historically existed. Take that Willie Lynch letter and throw it in the garbage can. Willie Lynch never historically existed, and I've done presentations breaking that down. You have words in the Willie Lynch letter that didn't even exist in the early 18th century or the way that they were used is tot- was totally different in 1712 than they're used today, okay? But when we look at him talking about my point is that for us to have stayed in that position, even though the numbers were on our side, means that, that we were mentally enslaved to cut out our tongues so we couldn't communicate to each other, I would not allow my tongue to be cut out, all right? So when we hear this, uh, there's some historical inaccuracies just in those two statements, then he said on Twitter, because I read his Twitter comments, he went and deleted some of them. Like, he talked about uh, the statement uh, attributed to Harriet Tubman, which is actually a fake statement. It, it, it's not Harriet Tubman. There's no primary source for it. I freed a 1,000 slaves, but I could have freed a 1,000 more if they had only known that they were slaves, all right? that The articles came out this week, but there was historians talking about that a couple of years ago, that that's a false statement attributed to Harriet Tubman, all right? And, uh, you know, I've used a statement here and there in the past. But even in researching it, when I was putting together some presentation, I couldn't find a primary source because that, that, that perplexed me. I could not find a primary source. I couldn't find a date, couldn't find a year, couldn't find a primary source for that statement. So it was, I was skepti- skeptical of it. He also said in another tweet that he deleted, uh, quote, Kanye versus the media is modern-day Willie Lynch theory. Kanye versus the media is modern-day Willie Lynch theory. Okay? He said they hung the most powerful in order to force – uh, fear into the others, they can no longer stop our voice. The Nat Turner movie never made it anywhere because it showed slaves revolting. I understand why my God brother Puff, referring to P Diddy Puff Daddy, calls his network Revolt. Okay, he said the reason why I brought up the 400 years point is because we can't be mentally imprisoned for another 400 years. He said we need free thought now. Even the statement was an example of free thought. It was just an idea, okay? Now, I said on social media, number one, uh, free thought doesn't mean ignorant of history. Free thought does not mean ignorant of history. He says slaves didn't remain enslaved. Uh, oh, so you, you have some uh, comments. People disagree. things like this, right? So um, I wanted to bring uh, one of my teachers, Professor Kabahiawatha Kameneo, who is a trans-historian so we can deal with this nonsense. So so tonight we're gonna talk about Kanye West, mental slavery, the Stockholm Syndrome, and how Africans fought against the slave trade. All right, so let's bring them on. Professor Kabahia Kamene. Hotep, my brother, how you doing tonight?
1: Hotep to my brother, M. Hotep. I am doing excellent, brother, and I extend my regards to the family of the African History Network, and I appreciate them tuning in for this uh, very important discussion, my brother.
0: All right, absolutely. It's an extremely important discussion. The reason why is because what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself, and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you have been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself, okay? So, you know, I'm on social media a number of hours a day. I do work on social media, running African History Network Facebook fan page and doing research six, seven, eight hours a day. Uh, sometimes more. And, uh, brother, you know, you, knew, you and I had conversations yesterday as well as today. And um, when you heard, uh, let, me, let me start out with this. When you uh, initially heard uh, Kanye West's uh, statements from the interview from TMZ, the interview that he did with Charlemagne the God, I think it was like April 18th when it was just released this week, that's a crazy interview also, some things, okay? But when you heard his initial statements, especially on slavery, what, what, uh, what did you think?
1: Well, you know, I thought, like I've always thought, that there was a lack of, of wisdom and knowledge in terms of the, the concept and the way in which he uses words. You see, as a teacher, I'm very concerned about words and how you use them, because I, I realize the power of words. And I also realize the importance of the context in which you're using the words.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: And when I first heard it, and then I saw the TMZ piece where the brother Van was uh, talking to him. Yes. Okay. I, you know, I saw that also. Yes. And what I think is very important is something that you said, and, and and I think that all of us, myself included. Okay. That statement about Harriet Tubman, about freeing thousands of slaves and would have freed thousands more had they only known that they were slaves. Right. I've used that myself. Yes. But when you find out that there is no primary source, when you find out that there is nothing historical that you can base it on, it sounds good, man. It's real catchy. Right. But you can't use it as evidence. The same thing with the William Lynch Syndrome.
2: Absolutely. When you
1: find out that that doesn't exist. Right. Because I talked about that at the time. I first was introduced to that concept through Minister Louis Farrakhan.
0: Yeah, Million Man March 1995.
2: Absolutely.
1: There we go. That's when I was first introduced to it. It sounded great. It sounded interesting and I used it. But when I did my research, I realized that it was not, uh, uh, historically correct. Absolutely. The same thing with John Hansen. Absolutely. Okay. When you find out something is not correct historically, it is your obligation. Not, not only not to use it again, but to put in check because, people who know that you're not telling historical accuracies will, will then accuse everything you say to be as wrong as you continuing to repeat something that is not correct. It is our obligation. And Just as I've used it and I've used other things, when I've done the research, I find out that it doesn't I uh, 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 go along with historical accuracy. I stop using it, and I will recognize the fact that okay, I respect the fact that you're using it. It sounds good, but guess what? John Hanson never existed, as you say he existed.
0: Right, well, there were you two know, was John, John
1: Hanson, but he wasn't a black man.
0: The, well, well, well the, not not the one that was president. The, it was the white, no, it, no, yeah, no. the white senator from Maryland was president exactly. of the Continental Congress. The black John Hanson was senator to Liberia. He comes later on
1: it's a whole different conceptual framework.
2: Right, right, right.
1: And you and you can't confuse it. And when you find things out, it's a, you know, the same thing goes for all of our history. Yes. As it relates to Malcolm X, as it relates to Martin Luther King, it goes back to what Dr. John Henry Clark to, uh, told me. Don't put me on a pedestal. Right. Because the higher up you put me, the further I'm going to fall when you find out I'm a human being. Exactly. And so we tend to... Use these terms, and we're afraid to admit that is not correct. And that's something Doctor Ben taught me. He said that he doesn't have any qualms about saying, "I don't know."
0: Right. So that. So just so people know, just so people know who are listening who don't know who Doctor Ben is, you're talking about Doctor Yosef Ben yakinen one of our great grandmaster exactly. scholar warriors, who was an Egyptologist, okay, and
1: a and pioneer I, pioneer
0: in the field. Go ahead.
1: The dean of chematology, as far as I know. Yes. Powerful brother, but he. But what he did, he was talking about the fact that there's so much more that we have to learn. There's so much more out there that we have to get more accurate. That as we're moving through this process, what science does, it allows you to put forward a hypothesis. It, it, the, the idea of um, the uh, scientific method is you put forward a question, and then you begin to collect and gather your information information. Mm-hmm. Out of that, you create a hypothesis, an idea, you 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 you, you develop a concept, and then you uh, develop experiments that will either prove or disprove your hypothesis, and then you draw a conclusion. Right. And that's very healthy. It's healthy to do that. And so as I observed the words of our brother Kanye West, what I said was, okay, let's ask a question, mm-hmm. and then let's gather the information. You see, and go through the scientific method. And when you come up with your conclusion, he is unfound. Absolutely. Now, I'm not going to attack him as an individual. Right. But certainly I'm going to tell you that what he said ain't correct.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: we have to be healthy enough to be able to express that and not get angry and not get emotional and then get into it. Because personally, I found it a wonderful opportunity to explore Mm -hmm. what enslavement was. Absolutely. How it happened. Right. And how the, the conditions that we find ourselves in today, how can we still find ourselves in certain situations? Right, right. What does the word choice mean, and what are the, what are the dilemmas and the, the various degrees of choice? Right. Some people, we say, okay, I'm just going to choose it now so I can get over it. and once I get there, then I'm going to get real. A, okay, a, yeah, a, some people use that kind of choice.
2: Hey, Brother Kaba,
0: we got to hold it right there. we got to take a two-minute break. We'll be back in a couple minutes. You listen to the African History Network show, 910 AM, The Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep, speaking with Professor Kaba Hiawatha-Kamane. We'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, The Superstation, The Future Radio. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. It's Sunday, May 6, 2018, we are live Fantastic uh, show tonight, jam-packed, Kanye West, Mental Slavery, the Stockholm Syndrome, and How Africans Fought Against the Slave Trade. I guest is Professor Kabahai Wapakamane, uh, one of my teachers, uh, trained historian, brilliant, brilliant brother. Uh, I want to let you all know also, um, at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, we have the... Uh, uh, we can sell going on the uh, eight DVD black Panther bundle pack, eight DVD black Panther bundle pack. You get two of my presentations dealing with the film black Panther, three documentaries, including 1804 to hit the history of Haiti, elementary genocide part three and uh, black Friday part black Friday Two, And then three of my other presentations is on sale now, $80 regularly, $130 African Okay. All right. So professor copper, thanks for holding. Okay, brother. Um, So let me, I I want to share these comments from Van uh, Lathan. Van Lathan, people who saw the video, Van Lathan was the brother who called Kanye out when Kanye was being interviewed by uh, TMZ, okay? And um, uh, Kanye uh, asked, do you feel that I'm being free and I'm thinking free? Because Kanye's talking about this whole free thought, okay? But he's devoid basically of facts and a clear understanding of history. So Van Lathan responded, he said, actually, I don't think you're thinking anything. I think that what you're doing right now is the absence of thought, the absence of thought. And the reason why I feel like that is because, Kanye, you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to believe whatever you want. But there is fact and real world, real-life consequence behind everything that you just said. And while you are making music and being an artist and living a life that you've earned by being a genius – The rest of us in society have to deal with these threats to our lives. He said we have to deal with the marginalization that has come from the 400 years of slavery that you said for our people was a choice. Frankly, I'm disappointed. I'm appalled. And, brother, I'm unbelievably hurt by the fact that you have morphed into something to me that isn't real. Okay, he said your voice is too big. Uh, He told Kanye. Now, you know, Kanye is clearly having some mental issues in that interview he talked about being on opioids he talked about having liposuction surgery um and also there have been articles uh interviewing his representatives citing statements from his representatives saying that kanye is off his medication and, and they're attributing these crazy uh responses and rants to that okay but um at the same time you know uh, is a couple of things, Cobb, and I'm going to bring you on here in just a second. There's a couple of things. One, Kanye did not denounce white supremacy and racism. See, Kanye should have said that slavery for white slave masters was a choice. That's what he should have said. He didn't say that. Slavery for white slave masters was a choice, okay? Blaming, you know, blaming enslaved Africans for slavery instead of the Europeans who enslaved them is mental slavery. He also did not denounce Donald Trump and any of Donald Trump's policies that are harmful to African Americans, like redeclaring uh, uh, re- the war on drugs. Um, reversing President Obama's uh, policy on uh, ending contracts with privatized prisons or federal prisoners. There have been over 100 policy reversals that Trump has done. Kanye has been silent on that. He hasn't denounced any of this. And then he wears a Make America Great Again hat, which is a white supremacist symbol, okay? So, um, President Kaba, uh, what I wanted to do is I want so uh, we got your initial response. So Kanye talks about 400 years of slavery. And he said it was all y'all for 400 years of slavery. Uh, And he said that sounds like a choice. Okay, so where is he talking about 400 years of slavery? Because I went through his statements. I can't find out which country. He didn't stay the country. So, I
1: mean, what's going on here, Professor? Again, it goes back to a lack of information and knowledge. Because when you look at the entire scope of the experience, You've got to go back and understand. And you see, this is the other thing that I've done Facebook Lives. Yes. And I've developed concepts dealing with what we call episodic history and holistic history. Yes. And what um, Kanye did was episodic history. Yes. He he took a, a window of time and he took a picture. And what he expressed that picture to be was a reality that doesn't exist. It's actually an illusion. Correct. But what Van was saying, what I believe is that, and this goes for a lot of different folk who are given the microphone because of celebrity. Right. Their words, because of the nature of their celebrity, the people who hear them, the people who follow them, believe that because they're saying it, it's true. Right. And that's what I believe Van was saying about, the, the, uh, you know, having a big voice, mm-hmm. that you have to be careful. You know, what, what people in his position should do is to either cite the historians that should be speaking on the issue with a big voice right. so that they can lend their celebrity to the historians such as Dr. Leonard Jeffries.
0: Correct, one of my teachers, yes.
1: Such as Dr. Wade Nobles. Yes. Over to Shaka. Professor James Small. Professor James Small. Small, yes. Absolutely. Another and one of my teachers. Dr. Yes. Rosalind Jeffrey. We could go yes. through the list. Yes. They're there. Yes. But the, but the thing is, is that he chooses to use his voice as if he knows what he's talking about. And it becomes detrimental now. He is correct. He has a right to speak, Mm -hmm. just as we have a right to speak. Correct. So that you know, everyone's got a a mouth, and everybody has a right to speak. But there is an obligation, as the proverb says: if you do not, or if you have not done the investigation, you really have no right to speak.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So, so so go
2: ahead.
1: That's basically what, what. what i see happening because episodically you just can't say 400 years correct you ha- you have to go back in history and look at it holistically
2: correct so you have
1: to look at the fact that slavery did not exist in africa
2: correct absolutely contrary the to popular slave
1: belief is a european yeah go ahead repeat that say that again the word slavery or slave comes from Slav. yes the, the great scholar J. A. Rogers points this out in his books. Yes. Uh, uh, Africa's Gift to America, um, yes. uh, the World's Great Men of Color. He points from Superman to Man. He points out the fact that the first, the the, the first to be enslaved in Europe were the Slavic nations. Right. People that we 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 don't call them to, like this today, but Yugoslavia, mm-hmm. Czechoslovakia. Yes. That's where the word came from. Yes. And interesting, it means people of honor, which is a whole other thing altogether.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But
1: so the idea of the enslavement of people did not exist as it existed through the European towards the African. There was servitude. A cultural servitude There was a the social system of, so, uh, of servitude. That existed in Africa. Yes. Well, it, is, well, it exists now. It, it, it's called being a maid or a butler. Right, right. So oh, break down, break sure. down the cultural
0: servitude system and how different the different from the chattel slavery.
1: When you look at when you look at um, Europe, what you're looking at is an extremely disorganized system. Yes. Of nation states, every you can go back to the Greeks, you can go back to the Romans. They never they, their greatest attempt was to centralize their government which they were so uh, incapable of doing, every time they did it, their government fell, such as the Greeks Mm -hmm. or the fall of the Roman Empire. All of those were the attempt to um, engage with other nations to create a nation-state that they controlled. And they never could do it once they got to a certain point. So that in Europe you had what was called the feudal system, Yes. This is what came during the Dark Ages and just before the Dark Ages and the sacking of the so-called Holy Roman Empire.
0: Right. So basically the Dark Ages, we're looking at the Vandals and the Visigoths crushing the western portion of the Roman Empire in 476 A.D., 5th century, right? This is what what we're talking about, the beginning of the Dark Ages.
1: Exactly. And basically you're dealing with northern Germanic tribes.
2: Correct, correct.
1: That are coming in waves, the same people who we're talking about now, the Visigoths and Vandals, are the same people that are going to be the Romans. Yes. That are going to come down into the southern world at an earlier date, which basically is going to cap 30 B.C. going into Egypt and defeating the Romans. Right. But you have these northern tribes coming down, these, these warrior clans coming down and sacking the various people that they come upon. They're going to come down and they're going to sack the so-called Roman Empire. And that's what we call the fall of the Roman Empire. Yes. And they're going to come down into this area and they're going to bring chaos because they're not bringing anything to, the, anything to these countries. They're warriors. They don't know nothing but fighting. Right. They don't have no centralized government. They don't have any real uh, a development of a technology or a civilization. And so what occurs is that Europe is plunged into age, uh, uh, what, what's called the Dark Age, or what they like to call euphemistically the Medieval Period.
0: Right. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a period of ignorance. This is what it is, it, ignorance that, and, and, and feudal fighting and wars.
1: That's all that's going to exist at this time. Right. Now, there's going to come a time in the late 600s going into the 700s that they're going to become a threat to North Africa. Yes. And Africans are going to look across from Morocco into um, Spain, and they're going to see these viligoths and vandals are getting a little bit too comfortable. Mm -hmm. And they are going to go across in 710. These Africans are going to go across in 710, and they are going to uh, return back in 711. So that was the reconnaissance mission, 710 A.D., the reconnaissance mission. Yes. Tarif. Tarif who was one of the officers in the General Tariq's army. Yeah, right. And in 710, he's going to go over, he's going to do reconnaissance, he's going to come back across, and he's going to tell his General Tariq, this is how we can do it. Mm -hmm. July of 711, this African with African troops, and there are some what we call uh, uh, Arabs, I'm afraid of the word Arab because Arab don't exist. I call them Afras. But Yeah, it's a culture. For, yeah. For, for, for words sake, there'll be three to 400 of them, but there are thousands of the Africans. Mm. What happens is that when they tell this story, they turn the numbers around to make you think that the Arabs were in the thousands and the Africans were in the hundreds. Right. But historically speaking, the Africans were the ones that were not only in the majority, but they were the ones with the civilization and the culture. Correct. And they're going to come across, and they're going to conquer the Visigoths and the Vandals. They're going to kill off Rodrigo, who is the general that's running the Visigoths and Vandals, and you have all these other stories that people tell. But basically what's going to happen is that Africans are going to bring into Europe an organized servitude. Yes. Europeans are going to superimpose an organized servitude. Over disorganized feudalism, and they are going to create a legal system. By the time they come to America, these individuals are going to create a legal system that has never existed before. There's a book by Kenneth Stamp, yes. SCAMPP called "That Peculiar Institution." Right. There are also books by Higginbotham, Philip Higginbotham that talks about this legal system. That is created for the first time in Africa and even in Islam. If you were in servitude, you were always a human being. Mm -hmm. Children born to you were born free and they were considered human beings. If you could, you could buy your way out. You could serve your way out. You could work your way out of being in servitude, and you could rise to become a leader in that particular society or culture or nation, wherever it was. But you were a human being amongst Europeans, as we call it, shadow slavery. If your pigmentation was a certain uh, hue, if your hair texture, your your width of your nose was a certain size, you were considered with the cattle, with the cows. You were counted like you were an animal. You were not considered a human being. I return back to my original statement. Africans did not have this form of enslavement. Correct. And it's important that when we hear Africans have slaves, we understand the difference of what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about when it relates to primary sources in history. And we also must stop teaching that slaves were brought from Africa. Correct. Human beings were brought from Africa. And they, through the process of enslavement, were put in that condition. The other thing that needs to be talked about is the fact that many of the Africans that were brought to this part of the world were children Mm -hmm. that were breeded in the Caribbean. There is a book on slave breeding. Just get the books. You'll read about it. You'll see. They bred the Africans to give birth to children who were born in the institution. They never knew any better. Right. Many of them. And then when they outlawed the enslavement of African people, Mm -hmm. the slave breeding began to uh, the enslaved breeding began to uh, multiply because they could not bring uh, Africans from Africa anymore. So they, they have to breed them within the, the American hemisphere.
0: So what, you, what you're referring to, just so people understand, you're referring to March 2nd, 1807, when the U.S. Congress, because of a 20-year clause in the U.S. Constitution, outlaws the transatlantic slave trade, which means the importation of Africans. They outlawed yeah. that. It, it went into effect January 1st, 1808. But, but as you know and I know, the Europeans continue the, the, uh, here in the U.S., they continue to violate that law and continue to bring them in. So we see Zora Neale Hurston's book, uh, her last book, uh, which was um, a lost manuscript, is coming out this Tuesday. I think it is May 8th. And she interviews Cudjo Lewis and Cudjo Lewis. Was uh, an enslaved African who was on who came to the U.S. in 1860, the year before the Civil War starts. 1860 on that last slave ship called the Clotilda. So there's there's overwhelming evidence that Europeans continue to bring in enslaved Africans, violate their own laws, and but also in 1808 the, the slave breeding business is going to explode though as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. Go yes. Ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely, and and these are the things that are very important for us to understand, as it relates to ideas of choice. Yes. And the psychology of oppression, and the epigenetics of the enslavement of African people, so right. that when we make these types of statements, that we are well aware of what it is that we're speaking about historically. Yes. But there are people out here who are doing a lot of talking and very little thinking.
2: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And uh, two quick things. Number one, check out history.com, official history.com. website of the History Channel. They have a good article there. March 2nd, 1807, Congress abolishes the African slave trade. March 2nd, 1807, Congress abolishes. African slave trade. That gives you some background information on that. On that, Then also check out uh, an article by historian Eric Foner for uh, New York Times, December 30th, 2007. December 30th, 2007. Forgotten step toward freedom. Forgotten step toward freedom. And this deals with um, the outlawing of, he gives some background information, this deals with the outlawing, outlawing of the importation of the transatlantic slave trade that Europeans continue to violate. Okay, he cites the number at 50,000 uh, um, uh, Africans being brought here, but it's much more. So when you look at the research by Dr. Jahi Issa and Brother Reggie Mabry, they wrote an article for Black Agenda Report um, called uh, something to uh, check, check out. I think it's called uh, uh, Reparations is Dead. Here's how to revive it. But they deal with they deal with this deep history of how the U.S. continued to bring in Africans after uh, this went into effect, January 1st, 1808, violating their own laws. And and, and and they say, okay, this is now human trafficking because the U.S. is violating its own laws, all right? Okay, so, um, Professor Koppis, you broke down, um, and we talked about cultural servitude versus chattel slavery. Uh, Africans n- did not have chattel slavery. They had a cultural servitude system. The cultural servitude system, one was not for perpetuity okay in general right it's not for perpetuity your humanity was still respected okay and so why do why do people keep repeating this myth that uh slavery existed in Africa then
1: well they either do it intentionally or they do it unintentionally mm-hmm. it's all it's all according to their purpose and what they're attempting to develop and what they're trying to argue right the same way they talk about Africans sold other Africans into enslavement.
0: Yeah, we're coming to that next.
1: Absolutely. Okay, so that that's another discussion that we need to have to understand the historical reality of what actually happened. Right. And, again, it goes back to people's intentions. Sometimes it's, it's, it's unintentional. They don't know the reality. That's why I said in the beginning, those things that I may have said, I'm speaking personally now, yes. those things that I may have said, that I came to realize were not historically accurate, I made it my business never to say it again. Correct. And if I was in the presence of it being said, that I brought some clarity to the point. Absolutely. There's a lot that we have to learn. There's a lot more research that we have to get into. Like, for instance, I was watching a program where, and, and I don't know the name of the book, and I, and I don't know the author, but I'd like to just tell you something I found out just a couple of months ago. Okay. About when, in, when enslavement ended. hmm Many Africans uh, went to, and these were like reservations Mm -hmm. that were located almost in a a semicircular motion around the South, where it was run by uh, uh, northerners, uh, uh, abolitionists, uh, people who brought these individuals and churches, brought Africans in, And began to um, educate them to their way of being educated. Um, They fed them according to the way they wanted to be fed. They wanted them to be fed so that you have Africans, after being what we call free, are then going to go into another type of mental challenge Mm -hmm. being in these reservations because they had no place to go. There was no place for Africans to go unless they remained in the South. This is a whole segment of our history that we have not really explored that I found very interesting from the sister who was explaining what happened to Africans post-1865 because we don't talk about that. That's another part of the history we, we really don't talk about. Do you remember her name? No, I don't. What I remember is that there is a series, uh on the history channel I believe it's history I could be wrong on that too okay. but it's called The Civil War. If you oh. google The Civil War. Okay. That's the series that comes on and this was one of the programs on this particular series. Okay. They talked about the the newly freed Africans and what happened to them. And there's a book that was written. Right. And and if if you google it, you know, google The Civil War and then google the specific basic area of what I'm talking about, newly freed Africans after the civil war. Okay. And it's a conversation between a European man and an African sister being moderated um, um, in, 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 in this discussion. Okay. But there are things that we have yet to learn. There are things that we never stop to wonder about our ancestors and what happened to them, because there's a chance that one of our ancestors was in this reservation. And there were
0: many of them. It wasn't just one. Right. Absolutely. Okay, uh, let me do this because we're coming up on a break here in about eight minutes. So you mentioned epigenetics a few minutes ago. Just so people understand epigenetics, uh, uh, there's a uh, video from atlantablackstar.com, atlantablackstar.com, called The Trauma of Slavery is Encoded in the Genes of Black People. The Trauma of Slavery is Encoded in the Genes of Black People. It deals with some of the research by Dr. Rachel Yehuda, Dr. Rachel Yehuda is uh, one of the, I don't, I don't know if she's one of the pioneers in this field, but she's very popular. She has a paper at the um, New England Journal of Medicine on their website, and I've read that paper as well. But epigenetics is the field of study that looks at how trauma alters your DNA and how you can pass on altered DNA to your offspring and future generations. And she did, she, she did studies looking at Holocaust victims, Jewish Holocaust victims. And what happens is is trauma, whether it comes from rape, whether it comes from seeing a murder, whether it comes from captivity, it alters the FKBP five uh portion of your DNA. The FKBP five portion of your DNA. It causes elevated stress hormones and you can you can you can uh pass this altered DNA to your offspring, okay? So she's written papers about it. There's a whole field of study, E-P-I, I think it's E-P-I-G-E-N-E-T-I-C-S. It's called epigenetics. So uh, at AtlantaBlackStar.com, in the interview they have, uh, in, in the video they have dealing with this, they also have Dr. Joy DeGruy in there. They say, well, look, if it has this type of impact on Holocaust victims and it alters th- their DNA, then what has happened to African-Americans because of the, because of the transatlantic slave trade, okay? All right, now, um, be, be, before we go to did Africans settle themselves into slavery, Kanye talked about this 400 years. Now, in the United States, we're looking at 1619 to 1865. Last time I checked, that's 246 years. Is that correct, uh, Professor Cobb? Absolutely.
1: Okay. You know, absolutely. And there were different phases. Yes. Because we're talking about the continental United States. Yes. But we have to go back to 1505 to 1520 Mm -hmm. when Spaniards are bringing Africans into the Caribbean.
4: Correct. Yes.
1: And then there are Africans that are coming into the continental United States, basically down south, Florida, you know, going across um, uh, the southwest, ending up in California. Yes. Yes. And that African blood is still there. Right. That African blood is in people that we today call Mexicanos. Mm-hmm. It's there in terms of indigenous people. That African blood is still there. Yes. So that we're looking at different degrees of the African presence. We're not even talking about David M. Hotef's book. We're not talking about the Paleo-Americans. We're talking about a specific time period. Right. That we're dealing with Africans coming to this part of the world. And there were Africans that came free.
0: Correct. Like Juan Garrido in 1513 with the uh, Spanish conquistador Juan Ponce de Leon in Florida.
1: Absolutely. And also the twin brothers that was on one of the boats that came with Cristobal Colon. They were called the Pinzon brothers.
0: Right. Well, well, we what we understand Columbus comes to this hemisphere, but the closest he comes to the contiguous United States is Cuba, which is 90 miles away. So he never comes to this land that we call the United States of America. He comes to Cuba. He's in the Western Hemisphere. He's in the Americas. But he never comes yes. to this land we call the United States of America. Go ahead.
1: No, he, he, he's never there. He's in the Caribbean.
2: Right, right,
1: right. And he never really steps off the boat. Mm-hmm. So that's another piece. And, again, for that information, you go to his diary or you go to a book called The Life of Columbus by John Boyd Thatcher. Mm-hmm. The Life he, of
2: Columbus. He, go
1: ahead. The Life of Columbus, it's a three-volume set by John Boyd Thatcher. Right. You, you see, this is primary source here. This is information. This is what historians can bring to the conversation.
0: Exactly, exactly. Because a lot of the nonsense so, that I saw during the week, I'm going to let you continue, a lot of nonsense I, I've, I've seen during this past few days, man, is just outright ridiculous. I, and, and people well, are not citing historians. Go ahead.
1: No, they're not. Yes. And, and, and also, in many ways... Because of the nature of the stability of their emotional standing, many of them come off very emotional. Absolutely. Which then creates an emotion in our people, which then stops us from thinking clearly, historically, and being able to deal with this as an intellectual endeavor Mm -hmm. as opposed to an emotional breakdown. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Okay, uh, we, we're coming up on a break here, man, in about two minutes. I, I just want to get to this point quickly. Uh, Kanye said, to make myself clear, of course I know that slaves did not get shackled and put on a boat by free will. He tweeted this, I think, later that day or the next day to try to clarify his statements. He said, my position is for us to have stayed in that position, even though the numbers were on our side, means that that we were mentally enslaved. Now, from from my gathering of this, he's talking about in the U.S., because... I haven't seen anything that that shows he knows about slavery and other in the Caribbean and things like this. Uh did were the numbers on our side here in the US cuz that's not the history, not, not when I read uh before the Mayflower and look at the census reports?
1: No, it wasn't. It wasn't in, uh, it, it was not at all. In fact, the the Caribbean Cultural Center here in the, here in New York City developed a, a um a map and 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 also a percentage of Um, the the latest uh, information talking about Africans that came to this part of the world. And what's interesting is that the great majority of Africans did not come directly, even when we were here, the great majority of us did not come directly to the United States.
2: Correct, correct. The
1: the great majority of us came to the United States through the Caribbean, Central and South America. Yes, absolutely. And this is, in fact, I think their numbers was, uh, for every 100 africans that were stolen from africa four came directly to continental united states right
0: exactly they had the breeding grounds they had larger plantations in the caribbean uh as well the um and we see that they're going to basically uh in general start in the caribbean first before they come here to this land, even before the Spanish. So we know the Spanish are taking Africans into the territory we call South Carolina today. They were taking them in in the 1520s. Okay, but we see it. We see uh, uh, slavery. We see the conquering in Cuba around 1494, like in uh, 1492, 1494. We see it in Jamaica, things like this. Okay, but we were we were overnumbered. When I look at the census reports and people, if you have the book before the Mayflower, or get the book before the Mayflower, in the back of the book. Uh, starting in 1790, they had the census reports, and they showed a population of African-Americans uh, compared to Europeans. We were outnumbered basically 6 to 1, 7 to 1, okay? So, once again, this is some more nonsense. He said the numbers were on our side. Where, what are you talking about? Now, in Haiti, the numbers were on our side. This is one of the reasons why the Haitian Revolution was successful, because we outnumbered the Europeans 10 to 1 in Haiti. There's about 500,000 Haitians compared to about 50,000
1: Europeans, But that wasn't the case here in the U.S. And the other thing to realize about the Spaniards is that many of the Africans that came with the Spaniards were the conquered Moors that had been uh, uh, disenfranchised from their land in Spain.
0: Okay, we're coming up on a break. We're going to pick it up on the Moors, the conquered Moors, uh, disenfranchised when we come back. Because once again, I guarantee you 99% of the people listening right now have not heard this information from anywhere this week, period. This is why I brought you on, because I know we can have this conversation, because you and I have these conversations all the time. Okay, stand by, brother. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotep speaking with one of my teachers, a, a, a real historian, Professor Hiawatha Kamene. Formerly known as Booker T. Comey. You've seen him in the Hidden Colors documentaries. You've seen him in the Black Friday documentaries with myself. And he's in Elementary Genocide 3 from director Raheem Shabazz. Shout out to Raheem Shabazz. He put both of us in that uh, documentary series, uh, the third installment. The African History Network show, 19 a.m. The Superstation. We'll be back in a few minutes.
2: After my day
0: Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Future Radio. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show, with Sunday, May 6, 2018. And we have a jam-packed show. We're speaking with, our, uh, with one of my teachers, Professor Kabahiawatha Kaminé, formerly known as Booker T. Coleman. You've seen him in the Hidden Colors documentaries. Documentaries, You've seen, you've seen him in Elementary Genocide, Part 3 uh... with me and professor jane small uh... we're also in the black friday documentaries together from director rick mathis uh... so we're talking about kanye west mental slavery the stockholm syndrome and how africans fought against the slave trade okay uh... before we bring them back on I just want to announce quickly um... if you like this type of information also you can donate to the african history network it helps us to stay on the air keep doing the research Uh, keep broadcasting, et cetera. Um, You can can visit our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. We also have a PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash the A-H-N show, paypal.me, me, forward slash the A-H-N show. You can donate there as well. And we have, um, uh, I teach online courses, online classes. They're all on demand. We have a bundle pack right now, which includes Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. We have a bundle pack on sale right now, $60 regularly, $130. They're uh, all on demand. You can watch them from around the world, smartphone, tablet, or your computer. Okay. And it's a 14-hour, it's a seven-session online course. That's about 20 hours of bonus content. Okay. So, Professor Kaba, um, before uh, we uh, went to break, you talked about uh, Moors being displaced and uh, coming, uh, I think, uh, being kicked out of Spain. Talk about that because that's a that's a part of history that that a lot of people don't know about. Go ahead and talk about that, please.
1: Africans were in Europe, basically Spain. They had gone through other parts of Europe, Italy. Uh, they were in France, but they basically found their home. In Spain, particularly the the southern area of Spain,
0: Al Andalus. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, they call it Al Andalus. Yes. Or and the, the people call uh, uh, Andalusians. Yes. And when you look at this history from 710 to about 1492, January mm-hmm. of 1492, you have uh, Africans that basically bring culture and civilization, and they are. Uh, the 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 parents of what we call the Renaissance, the rebirth of Europe.
0: Mm-hmm. Renaissance, yep. Renaissance. Renaissance,
1: yep.
4: Renaissance
0: or Renaissance,
1: yes. And in 1492, the combined kingdoms of Castile and Aragon under Ferdinand and Isabella mm-hmm. then go into Granada, and in January they're able to overtake Boabdil. Who was um, the um, the leader in uh, the last stronghold of Africans? Yes, Africans are still in Spain, but they are little by little losing power Mm -hmm. to these uh, Visigothic and and Vandalistic people that are called um, that that live in the kingdoms of Castile and Aragon. They unite these two kingdoms, Aragon and Castile, with the purpose of driving Africans out of uh, power. Yes. From that point of 1492 on, and the movement of Africans uh, to the American hemisphere, Spaniards are removing Africans, and by the way, they're also doing this to the Jews. The the Sephardines.
0: Yeah, the Sephardim, the Sephardic Jews. Exactly. Yes.
1: They're also removing them. From their land yes Uh, they start that in august and what what's happening when you you talk about the conquistadores and the others what's happening is that this is the military arm of spain that is moving africans off their land in spain moving them out of their homes in spain and they are relocating them to the american hemisphere somewhat what the british did to the irish
2: yeah oh absolutely go
4: ahead later on yes
1: but they they are taking the land and the wealth. This is what all of the uh, Inquisition was about. Mm-hmm. This is the Inquisition, the right. removing of Africans. Nobody's talking about what the Inquisition really was. Mm-hmm. They talk about it, but they don't talk about the reality that this was the removal of Africans off their land because they were the landholders. They were the landowners. They were the teachers in Spain.
0: So 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 the Spanish Inquisition... What period of time are we talking about the Spanish Inquisition?
1: From 1492, basically until when they get in trouble with France and you have all sorts of Spanish armada and all the rest of that stuff, this, this whole time is basically removing the, 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 the European aspect of Spain, the Visigoths, the Vandals, the, the Germanic tribes that are coming down, because right. Spain isn't a place where they live. They move there in waves.
4: Yes, Yes. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Just so, like just right when the German tribes came down into Italy, they met an African group known as the Etruscans.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And they they relocated them, but the Etruscans were black. They were Kushites.
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. That
1: developed a civilization in Italy, in Sicily, in Turkey, in all that Mediterranean basin. You have Kushites there. There there are waves of, of Europeans that are coming from northern Parts of Scandinavia and Germany, and they're moving down into this land, and they're taking it over. This is who the, the, the people that we call the Spaniards and the French or the Gauls or whatever you want to call them, that's who the, the, the cultural uh, or the ethnic stock is.
0: Right, so basically, and I'm gonna let you continue here. So basically, when we talk about these Germanic tribes, you're talking about the Vandals, the Visigoths, but you're talking about the the Franks, the Allens, the Picts, the Anglo's, the Saxons, the Jutes, the Lombards, and you you see them fighting each other for hundreds of years. These Germanic people, okay, and and the Anglo's and the Saxons go into England. England is named after Anglo's, and then the Anglo's and the Saxons come. To the United, what we call the United States, Jamestown, Virginia, sixteen oh seven, the Anglo's and the Saxons. And, Go ahead,
1: and and you and and you you also have the so called Dutch.
4: Yeah, yeah,
1: that 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 are going to come in, and the the the, the uh, British is is going to own land in South America, mm-hmm. and the Dutch is going to own uh, New Amsterdam, and right. what they do <laughs> is they
2: trade. Right. You said the, they do the what? Dutch mm-hmm. The
1: Dutch Trade. The Dutch. And the British trade. Yeah. The British give the Dutch what we today call Suriname. Mm -hmm. And the British, the Dutch give the British New Amsterdam, which is what we now call New York.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And we know that the the Dutch are taking enslaved, taking Africans into uh, the colony called New Amsterdam in the 1620s. And they're going to forced them to build a wall at the northern portion of the colony to keep out Native Americans trying to attack them. And this is where Wall Street gets its name from because then that Dutch colony in New Amsterdam becomes Wall Street, and the first commodity traded on Wall Street were enslaved Africans.
1: And when you look at, you know, just the words that we use alone,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: okay, when you use the, the word stocks and bonds.
2: Go ahead, brother. Go ahead.
1: Okay. first of all, what do we call animals? We call them livestock. Yes. So the word stocks and bonds comes from stocks in bondage. Yes. These are the words that have been broken down to become stocks and bonds on Wall Street. The first stocks and bonds sold on Wall Street were black people.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And
1: while the Dutch were here, while the Dutch, while, while the Dutch. Uh, West India came to this part of the world, the Dutch East India Company was going to what we call South Africa.
0: So the Dutch East India Company, the Dutch West India Company, the Royal African Company, the Brandenburg Company, we have Europeans organizing themselves into slave trading companies that were financed by Europeans with wealth and power to then finance these voyages to Africa to, 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 capture, to capture African people and enslave them, okay? They're organizing themselves into slave trading companies, all right? Uh, and, go, and ahead, the, go ahead.
1: And the right to do that, Oh yes, the government gave them what we call charters. Yes. That's why I'm telling us be careful of charter schools.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. It's so,
1: based on the same thing.
0: Yeah, they had charters, and then also we know the Spanish had the Aciento. Uh There was one in 1517, 1518 that gave other nations uh, the permission to trade enslaved Africans in Spanish territory, the Aciento, okay, A-S-I-E-N-T-O. Then you have things like the Treaty of Tordesillas around 1493, 1494. The Treaty of Tordesillas with the – Pope divides the non-Christian world between Spain and Portugal and sends, and po- and sends Spain and Portugal out to conquer the non-Christian world because Spain and Portugal were fighting each other, killing each other over these new lands they were conquering. Okay?
1: And yes. to add to that concept is that the Treaty of Todesia, the Papal Bull, yeah. was was redrawn mm-hmm. for a second time Yeah, because Columbus, Cristobal Colon was married to Portuguese royalty, and what he came to realize from the people that were reconnoitering the American hemisphere is that there was a huge part of land that they redrew the line to go more to the west so that the Portuguese Portuguese got the eastern side of the line Mm -hmm. and Spain got the western side of the line, And if you look at South America, the biggest chunk of land, actual land, because there's a lot of mountains up in South America. Right. The largest chunk of land and the richest part of the land is what we today call Brazil. Yes, Brazil, yes. So that there there was an undercutting of the Spaniards because of Cristobal Colon's relationship with the Portuguese, and that is why on Columbus's first, fourth voyage— he was arrested by the Spanish crown, mm-hmm. put in the uh, bottom of a boat, brought back to Spain, and Spain tried him for treason, that was his, found him guilty, and yeah. put him in prison.
0: That was his fourth voyage, right? His fourth voyage.
1: That was the fourth voyage. Right.
0: That was in 1504. His, 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 that was his last voyage, yeah, 1504. He they dies in 1506. They Say it again?
1: They intercepted him. Yeah. They intercepted him in the waters and arrested him. Mm-hmm. Because they began to realize he was lying to them, the Spanish Crown.
0: Yeah, lying to they them about what? Back. Lying, lying, he was about, lying to them about what?
1: About his intentions about coming to America, because he knew where he was going. We find Cristobal Colon, mm-hmm. who they call Christopher Columbus, on the west coast of Africa in 1482. Correct. Ten years
0: before August 3rd, 1492, when he set sail on the Nina, the Pinta, and Santa Maria. Go
1: ahead. And he's and he's with the Portuguese. Yes. That's that's why the Cape Verde Islands speak Portuguese. Mm-hmm. They uh, he knows that there's Africans he's coming in contact with that tell him there's land to the west. He knew where he was going. He he didn't call it the West Indies because he made a mistake. Mm-hmm. He knew where he was going. He wanted to become king of the Western Hemisphere.
2: Right, right. But
0: not only but that, he
1: needed the Spaniards' okay. money.
0: Yeah, the Spaniards' money. But but not only so, that, as you as you said before. Uh, it, well, first of all, he had Moors navigating his ships. Okay, like uh, Pedro Alonso Nino. Okay, uh, number one, number two, he's using uh nautical instruments based upon uh nautical instruments that the Moors introduced into Europe, like the Astrolay or astrolab was one of them. Okay, number two, number three, um, you based upon where the sun rises and sets each day, you can tell which direction you're going in. Sun rises in the east, sets in the west. So based upon where the sun rises and sets each day. You can figure out which direction you're going in.
1: Go ahead, brother. You know, the next day you know which direction you're going. You know if you're going east. Yes. You you know if you're going west. You you know, that's a given. Everybody can do that. The children can do that today. Yes. So so the whole concept is the fact that he knew where he was going, he understood where he was going, and he lied to the Spanish crown. Mm -hmm. They began to figure him out. They arrested him in his fourth voyage, brought him back, tried him for treason, put him in prison. His son, Diego Colon, got his father out of prison. And the Spanish clown said, you got to give us everything he got, all the money, so Diego Colon. This is why I find it interesting that people would call him Columbus, because why was his son's name Diego Colon?
2: Right,
0: right. It's Cristobal Colon. Yeah.
1: His name was Cristobal Colon that was Italianized. Yeah to be uh, Cristo, uh, Cristoforo Colombo, mm-hmm. which then was anglicized to Christopher Columbus. Right, right, exactly. Okay? And so they they said, okay, but you got to get him out of here. We don't want him insane. Yes. So today, Christ- Cristobal Colón is buried in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's where his body is. Right. Yet we think of him as some type Of of great Italian hero. Now I know that you know the Italian people could reach out to a couple more great people than him. First of all, he he was not who he pretended to be. Right. Uh, His name was synonymous with Ben with Benedict Arnold up until the 1900s. He was considered to be a historical traitor to Mm -hmm. his people. Right. And the reason why we celebrate him today was uh, in Thanksgiving for the relationship that the Italian community played with the American government during World War II, invading and, and infiltrating um, the uh, fascist party in Italy and bringing them down. Mm-hmm. And me... So that's why they, they made him into an Italian and then gave them Cristo a, 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 a Columbus Day. right? And really, you know... <laughs> They're they're not who they pretend to be, but they they're not who they pretend to be today because the same thing is going on.
4: Mm-hmm. You said that, you
0: said they made him into an Italian. Now he was uh, from birth he was an Italian, but he aligns with the Spanish crown, right? He was he was. Well,
1: I need people to show me how he was Italian
0: or, or Portuguese. Was it Spanish? Other thing was a, uh, he was
1: Portuguese, right?
2: He's Portuguese.
1: Well, he has a lot of relationship with. He has a lot of relationship with the Portuguese, right. but in, in my my research, from what I understand, he was a Spaniard, and he okay. was Sephardim.
0: Yeah, Sephardim, okay. So Sephardim are the Sephardic Jews uh, that were in Spain. They're going to be kicked out basically August 2nd, 1492, the day before he set sail. We know the uh, Moors lose control of their last stronghold Grenada, January 2nd, 1492. Now, the Sephardim, for my understanding, and Dr. Jose Pimenta Bay, who's one of the baddest scholars on the history of the Moors, that's um, uh, what P- Jose Pimenta Bay, talks about how these were um, people of African descent, many of them. Is that correct? The Sephardim?
1: Absolutely. That is why Hitler went after the Jews. Mm-hmm. Hitler didn't go. Hitler didn't have a new religion. Right. He had a new race.
2: Right. <laughs> the he Aryan went after race. Uh huh. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: he went after Jews because he considered them to be unclean because they had black blood. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at people uh, uh, who are of the Sephardim or of the truest stock of what we call the Jewish faith, because we all have to be careful when we start talking about uh, religion as it relates to a culture.
2: Right, right, right.
1: Because that's another trip up that we get into. When, when, When we begin to use words as if they're cultures and not religions, Religions are learned patterns of behavior. Culture, you can't change. Sammy Davis Jr. was born Christian, but he died a Jew. Right. Muhammad Ali was born a Christian, but he died a Muslim.
2: Right. Religion. That's religion.
1: You can't change your culture. You mm. can change your religion. It's a learned pattern of behavior. There's a difference.
2: Right. Exactly. But
1: we, but we get tripped up with with, uh, uh, with, with with these titles that we give. To various
2: uh, things. Mm-hmm. Okay,
0: we're coming up on a break here in a minute, twenty seconds. How are you on time? I know you're on the road traveling, so people, if you if you hear uh, uh, something in the background, that like brother's on the road traveling, but he agreed to come on. I talked to him yesterday. I said, "Look, man, we got to deal with this." How are you on time, brother?
1: Brother, I'm good for about another ten minutes, ten thirty. Okay, that's cool. All right,
0: um, we're coming up on a break. Uh, you you were talking uh, when we come back uh we got to finish you you're talking about the moors being displaced okay uh they're kicked out of spain uh 1492 they lose control and then the uh some of them are being enslaved uh correct and some are leaving on their own right
1: yes and and some of them migrate like for instance there's a family that that leaves um that 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 leaves spain and first goes to um amsterdam mm-hmm. in holland
4: mm-hmm.
1: and then they move to Bonn, germany yes and then they moved to Vienna, Austria. Yes. And that that was Toven uh, Bay, or who we call Beethoven hey. and
2: his family.
0: Toven Bay, Beethoven. Because Beethoven was of African descent. And there's a book called Beethoven's Hair. And yes, that's it, right. In the book, it talks about uh, Beethoven, this curly hair. He was dark-skinned, had a broad jawbone, had thick lips. Uh, and um, his, um, the, his the house he lived in was called the Black Spaniard's house. The Black Spaniard's Schwarz, house. Go ahead. Schwarzer Spanier house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so Beethoven, one of the greatest classical musicians in history, this was a man of African descent. Okay.
1: And uh, remember, mm-hmm. Beethoven was great, but he became greater after death.
0: After he lost because his after after he became deaf, not after he died, but you are talking about after he no, lost his no, hearing, I, right?
1: Yeah, no. After he lost his hearing, he he did some phenomenal work. Okay, but what's important is that Beethoven, as a musician, mm-hmm. was a, was very bitter with the way he was treated. When Beethoven used to go to do recitals in people's homes, he used to have to he used to have to eat in the kitchen with the maid and the butler.
0: Okay, because he was of African descent.
1: Yeah. Well, he
0: was not respected right right exactly okay we're coming up on the break here when we come back brother we have uh professor Kaba for about 10 more minutes when we come back we have to deal with how did Africans in Africa fight against the transatlantic slave trade how did Africans in Africa fight against the transatlantic slave trade I'm Michael M hotel the African history Network show 19 a.m the Superstation station speaking with Professor Kaba hiawatha accommodate one of my teachers we'll be back in a few minutes come on,
2: lady, I, lady, I,
0: Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the Future Radio. Hey, visit our website, uh, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. All of my DVD lectures are there. We have a eight-DVD Black Panther bundle pack weekend sales, 100, re- regularly $130 on sale, $80. Includes two of uh, my lectures and uh, includes uh, some documentaries uh, as well. Uh, two of the documentaries of uh, Professor Kabakamane and myself are in. And uh, you get some of my other presentations as well, all right? Uh, uh, Brother Kaba, let people know what your website is. How can people order your DVDs? How can people download your stuff? Give people your website. Then we got to jump into how did Africans fight against the transatlantic slave trade. Go ahead.
1: Absolutely. You can go to my website, uh, and you can download um, uh, my free e-course on my next book that I'm writing titled Spirituality Before Religions. You can go to uh, com k a b a k a m e n e dot com, and uh, you can download uh, my e course k a b a k a m e n e, free e course and study guides. and and also I'm I'm in uh, the process. When you go there, you can also download um, a documentary. You can pre-order a documentary mm-hmm. that I'm working on uh, as it relates to uh, Malcolm X. Oh, good. good. Uh, you know, you know. As you know, brother, we did some uh, filming in Detroit the last time I was there. Yes, yes. and I brought my son with me, and uh, we we taped um, the uh, his um, the the church where he did two of his famous speeches, uh-huh. and uh, we also uh, filmed outside of the mosque where uh, he was in Detroit. Right. Right. And uh, we're on our way to Boston to uh, do some taping there. But you can pre-order. Uh, It's called The X Factor, Chickens Come Home. (laughs) And what it does is it it looks at Malcolm's last year of life. Okay. And it explores who he was becoming. Right. uh, That last year of life, somewhere between his expulsion from the Nation of Islam in late 63 Mm -hmm. uh, to uh, his assassination in uh, 65. Right. And it looks at his transformation, who he was meeting what he was doing, the Organization of African-American Unity and the Muslim Mosque Incorporated. It looks at his strategy as the way he was going in service to us as his people. And it's a powerful time for us to look at because so much has been done on Malcolm. Yes. And what I wanted to do was to approach uh, our brother el Haj Malik El-Shabazz as who he was becoming as he joined the ancestors. So... You can go to my website, K A B A K A M E N E dot com and uh you'll you'll have the opportunity to pre order uh this uh documentary that I'm doing, the X Factor, Chickens Come Home. Okay. And so um uh the the other thing is that you know we're developing this concept called the comedic wisdom school. Yes. Where we where we have a lot of great scholars that are teaching classes. On there, Dr. James Smalls, Dr. Leonard Jeffries. Um, uh, we we have a brother that's developing the Kemetic calendar. Brother Patar out of Boston. Uh, we we have Savvy Sasha who is doing her economics. Uh, we have counselors that are doing counseling for our people. Uh, Sister Enzinga, brother Onaje, uh, a number of great scholars. Um, and and I'm doing something on education, uh, not not just a historical, but. Uh, education as it relates to um, the, the role that the brain plays. So, I encourage you to go to my website uh, and uh, put your email in. And over five days, my free e course will come to you, and my study guide, and the opportunity to uh, pre-order. Yes. Uh, the X Factor. Chickens have come home. Okay. Let me. Let me. Thank get you for me. that opportunity. Bro.
0: No problem, brother. Uh, Kavakamene. dot com. Let me. Let me just jump into this last uh, topic. How did Africans in Africa fight against? The, fight against the transatlantic slave trade because we hear that they didn't fight back and all that. And you have this idiotic nonsense floating around on social media like and Facebook. Uh, some people saying, oh, they should have committed suicide. Some just stupid-ass nonsense, brother. So, so tell us, what, what, what happened on the continent?
1: Well, you know, what's interesting is that uh, there should be books written just on what Africans did on the African continent before they even got to the Elmina Castle. Mm -hmm. Uh, There were things that our ancestors did fighting back in the community itself. Yes. This is another part of the story. Africans fought every way of the trip. They never said, come get me. They fought every step of the way. But the invention of the gun was a weapon that to this day will haunt the human family. Mm Mm-hmm. And no matter how you look at it, you can have the most dynamic sphere. You can have phenomenal bows and arrows. You can have poison darts. But when you revolutionize the gun, that's a whole other weapon in and of itself. Right. And the other thing about committing suicide mm-hmm. is the, the love that Africans have for life. Yes. And how they hold it to be and cherish it, Mm -hmm. to be a gift given by the creator. Right. And so the idea of committing suicide is not always an option. Right. Some may have taken it, mm -hmm. but not all Africans chose to take it. And you know something, brother? I'm glad they didn't. Because if they did, you and I wouldn't be here right now. Well, well, not only that,
0: many of them, were hoping to be able to go back to Africa one day. That's the other thing, because when when they're captured, they don't know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, see, we have the luxury of being able to look at history and see how things ended up. Well, when you're being captured, you don't know exactly what's going to happen, and you're hoping to one day be able to go back to Africa, go back to your homeland. Yeah. That's right. Okay. uh, We're still doing it today. Absolutely. Um, I, I encourage people to uh, read an article by Dr. Malefe Ketty Asante uh, at his website, Asante.net, A-S-A-N-T-E, Asante.net. Henry Louis Gates is wrong about African involvement in the slave trade. Henry Louis Gates is wrong about African involvement in the slave trade because it deals with how Gates oftentimes – now, Gates writes some good articles. You and I talked about this, I think, yesterday. Gates writes some good articles, but Gates tries to blame – Africans equally for the transatlantic slave trade, okay? Because he's an apologist for Europeans. And Dr. Maleficiante Asante, who's one of our top African centered scholars, and he heads up the uh, African American Studies Department at Temple University. Uh, he has this uh, scholarly uh, scholarly article breaking this down, okay? Um, I know you got to run, brother. Uh, we got to bring you back on, also, man, to 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 dig deeper uh, into this topic uh, as well. But you
1: well i you know I would just like to say something about the idea of Africans selling their own people first of all Go
2: ahead.
1: uh the, the 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 greed of the European mm-hmm. see Africans did not realize what they were selling their people mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. and many of them were selling prisoners
3: yeah
1: many of them were what uh, uh, was giving away prisoners of war they were uh, giving away people who were not necessarily uh, accepted within what they consider to be the appropriate society i 'm not giving no excuses, but mm-hmm. but what 's important to understand is that Europeans, being the greedy people that they are, began to not only take the ones they were selling but they started taking people of the community itself and some of the leaders too yeah,
4: absolutely, absolutely.
1: and so pretty soon, after within sixty years seventy five years i 'm not sure what the date is Africans no longer w- were complicit in the selling of Africans. Mm -hmm. and so what people do once again is they use episodic history yes that episode where we were doing it as if it was the way we always did it
4: absolutely yeah. and And that
1: is not that is not correct africans did sell in the beginning Mm -hmm. but they but they did not realize what they were selling their people to because remember they didn't have that type of of, of, of treatment towards other human beings. They didn't know that. They didn't realize. Even right. to the date, there are many Africans that may have sold people to the European and still never throughout their lifetime ever realized the hell that they sold those people in.
0: Because they didn't have a child of slavery. See, they had a cultural servitude system. They did not have slavery. They did not have child slavery. This is why you have to understand history. You have to understand the difference.
1: That's
3: it.
0: Yes.
1: That's it. And when you understand that, then you're not making excuses, but Mm -hmm. you understand reasons, and then you can come to some form of an intelligent conclusion about how to deal with situations that we're dealing with. Because we still got some Africans that are selling Africans into so-called today's form of enslavement right now.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. Who are
1: willing to turn their back on their own people. Mm -hmm. and and be willing to do what is necessary for their betterment, but for the destruction of the people themselves. They are still people. I'm not going to say many, but I am going to say they do exist. We see them, we know them. And this was one of the things that I talked about as it relates to when you know who you are, when you understand your history, when we teach our children the glorious part of who they are as a people. They can make the types of decisions in their life that can raise themselves, their families, their community, and the world at large. And this is what we have to do for our people. We have to give them these types of stories and the work that you're doing, my brother, in Motep. I congratulate you for your continued – because we go back years, brother. Yes, You've been do. doing this for a long time.
2: Yeah, I've been doing radio
0: eight years, man, and we first connected back in 2010. I, actually, I saw you on YouTube, and I reached out to you. I saw yeah. I saw your presentation dealing with the history of the Moors in Spain, man. And I was blown away by it. I contacted you and I I first interviewed you back in 2010. You were one of my first interviews. Uh okay. yeah, brother. And then uh you came to the uh, uh conference for the African Village, Dr. Ray Hagans. And uh yeah, yeah we've been rolling ever since. Um and then what was I going to say? Oh, Benin. Benin. We
1: need to continue. Yes. To continue in 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 the same role that
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Brother Cobb, are you there?
1: I have a right to stop now. Hey, yeah, you, man, I'm here.
0: You, okay, you, you dropped out for a few seconds. Go ahead and repeat that last sentence. You dropped out
4: for a few seconds.
1: The work that you are doing, yes. the work that I am doing, Yes, I ask the community to support the work that is. Yep. Financially support the African mm-hmm. This type of information mm-hmm. to the community at large.
4: Yes. Absolutely.
1: Scholars out here who are doing this work. The, the, The finances allows those of us who are doing this work to be in more service to the community. Right. And it's important that we understand what will liberate and emancipate us. And right now, the financial backing that you give is what helps the African History Network do its job and do its job even better than what is being done because it affords you the opportunity
4: Yes. Of having
1: options to be able to make this happen in community. We have to make this happen for our children.
0: Absolutely. That's one of the things I talked Thank about today. So you. Oh, thanks, brother. That's one of the things I talked about today dealing with the film Black Panther. Man, our children are captivated by the film and want to learn their history. They want to yeah. learn that history. People have to teach it, man. And you're right. You know, I told uh, Dr. David Hotel, who wrote the book, The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence. You mentioned him earlier. I said, you know, I said, brother, we don't do this for the money, but it takes money to do this. This type of work, yes, we don't does. do this for the money, but it takes money to do this. Seriously. Oh,
1: absolutely. Seriously. Absolutely, brother. It, you know, it's going to take money to put gas in my car to drive to Boston. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, to you know, pay the tolls, you know, that takes money.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it, it, man. It
1: takes money to stay overnight. It yep. takes money to eat while I'm over wherever I am.
3: Yep, absolutely.
1: And the finances that the community gives us allows me to look at the third documentary I'd like to do on Fannie Lou Hamer.
3: Oh, that
2: would be huge, man. Fannie the first Luh- was
1: Harriet Tubman. Yeah. The next one is Mark uh, uh, Malcolm X. And I want to go to Mississippi to film this. I don't want to just film it, you know, doing research here in New York. I'd like to go to Mississippi. I'd like to show the community where she was.
2: Field research.
1: But that takes takes finances to do that.
2: That's called
4: field research. Exactly.
1: That's it. Bringing the real thing to the people. But it takes finances to do it. So I encourage our community to go to the African History Network, to go to com. support the work that we're doing. We're doing it for our children and for the future and for those yet to be born. They deserve the best because they are the best.
0: Yep. You're definitely right about that, man. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. I was trying to squeeze in this question, man, about Benin, because in Benin, Dahomey, modern-day Benin, we know that they were involved in the transatlantic slave trade, right, the, the, the selling of, uh, of 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 Africans. wars taking place. Can you talk about that briefly just to clear up some misinformation regarding that?
1: To me, the most important thing to understand, whenever you're dealing with the selling of African people to mm-hmm. anybody,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you're dealing with a sense of servitude. Mm-hmm. You're, 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 you're dealing with a sense that the people that are being sold, the people who are selling them, view them as human beings. View their children as being free and always having the opportunity for them to be able to buy their way out or work their way out of the conditions that they find themselves in.
2: Yeah. It wasn't for
0: perpetuity.
1: And, and it wasn't because of a particular pigmentation or a place in life, nor were your children born to you to be in the same position that you are in. This was an inhumane, insane chattel slavery that was reciprocal to the mind that we're still experiencing as we look and what's happening in the United States of America and parts of Europe today. Okay. And so, and so I charge our people for whatever crimes they may have committed as it relates to selling peoples of African descent or other people to other people. That is not correct. That is, uh, that is wrong, and that can never be accepted as correct. Right. But we also have to understand the conditions under which it was and not compare them to other things when we're trying to uh, make excuses for the way in which we've conducted ourselves.
2: Right. Right. Okay. It did
1: happen. Yeah, it did happen. Right. And we, and we have to embrace that and accept that. And we have to learn from that and promise ourselves that we would never do that to our people again. So I do, or to any other people, Mm -hmm. nobody.
0: Right. And the other thing is important to understand that Africans did not see themselves all as one people. See, we're under the impression that they saw themselves all as one people and the Yoruba and the Igbo and the Hausa and the Jakuyu and the East Africa and the Wolof and Senegal, they all saw themselves as one people. No, they did not. Just like all Europeans didn't see themselves all as one people. Europeans were fighting and killing each other for hundreds of years. OK, and, and those Germanic people, those Germanic groups we talked about, the Anglos, the Saxons, the Franks, because France is named after the Franks, these Germanic groups who have been killing each other for hundreds of years then develop nations, France, Spain, Italy, Germany, that then continue to kill each other for hundreds of years and lead to World War I and World War II. They're still doing it today. They're still doing it today. Europeans didn't see themselves all as one people. Africans didn't see themselves all as one people. We, see, we talk about Pan-Africanism, but Pan-Africanism didn't start in Africa. Pan-Africanism starts in the United States and the Caribbean in about the 18th century. It didn't start in Africa.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, brother, look, I know you got to run. I know you're traveling, man. Give the best to your family. Are you right? Are You with your uh, son, Heru? Uh, I,
1: I just dropped them
2: off. Oh, okay. I
1: just dropped the family off.
2: OK, OK, brother. Well, but, we, oh, oh, go ahead. All go ahead.
1: Well, man, thank you for this opportunity to be with the family. And uh, I look forward to the future and returning to Moretown real soon.
0: OK, brother, we look we look forward to uh, having you soon uh, as well. OK, take care, brother. We'll, we'll bring no you back God. on soon the next week or so. OK, to finish up because we got some other stuff to get into, man. There's so much. OK, brother, hotel. No
1: doubt, brother, man. I look forward to it. Regards to the family that's listening to the program. I look forward to the future. It ain't over
0: till we win. Absolutely, it's not over till we win. Absolutely. All right, brother. Hotel. Have a good evening. Okay, so that's Professor Kaba High Wafa Let's go to Saeed. Saeed, thanks for holding, man. Sorry, we had limited time with Professor Kaba. I did not get a chance to get to everything. I did not get a chance to. You
5: need get not to have everything. to explain. I, re- re- I want to thank you, brother. Oh yeah. For all of that to the table with such a beautiful platter. You did. Hotel. Allah salam alaykum, brother. To you.
0: Okay. Thank you, brother. Alaykum salam.
5: Yes, sir. Go ahead. I just want to ask the question about how many does it take to make a nation?
3: Mm-hmm.
5: And um, how much, okay, far as far making that nation out of the people that has, I guess, uh, redone their birth certificate and recognize where they come from, mm-hmm. how many, I mean, in uh, actuality, I'm saying that the U.N. is holding money for us right now Okay. for us to, if we nationalize ourselves and where we come from or know our origin, mm-hmm. to be able to have, be a nation to come to the UN and get our reparations. So okay. I was asking, how many does it take? I always said 250,000, 500,000 or better. Okay, You understand? And then I want to ask a question of this. Um far as the Articles of the Constitution and the uh, the amendments of the Constitution, mm-hmm far as the articles of the constitution was better to cast out those uh what what did what the black panther called them what did they call them uh colonizers
0: oh colonizers yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> be able to kick them out of the country uh-huh. and g- regain power back into you know so that not regain power but kick them out of the country for being raiders and vikings and everything else and far as the amendments it protects them that's why they don't get kicked out of the country as is by the Native American and the pipelines that they're running through their lands, for which, remember, Chuck D. always said that that uh, uh, Washington, D.C. was stolen, right? Mm-hmm. And those monuments actually don't supposed to be there, you know, and they're supposed to have like a 10-mile radius of uh, army tanks and uh, barracks and uh, armory. Right. But everything else has been taken all the way from the Luganies all the way down to um, – uh, uh, um, um, Donna, well, uh, um, oh, the boot, the boot, uh, uh, New Orleans.
0: Okay, it's
5: Louisiana.
0: Well, so, that's doing it. Yeah, that's that. That's part of the Louisiana purchase because that was right. that was land stolen from Native Americans. Right. Yeah. You know.
5: But but, but as the Native Americans, those are us also, right?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah, yeah. The, the the people who we call Native Americans were the offspring of an intermixing of Africans and Asians. But then you have other like pure African nations, pure, pure, pure groups of African people that got reclassified as Native Americans as well that had, had, were already here also. Because so,
5: they wasn't building pyramids before the African so-called were building pyramids and mounds and makers and everything. So I was just yeah. asking the question of getting our reparations, we as a people must nationalize our understanding from where our origins come from along with, this is a question, Mm-hmm. Along with um, being a, a nation of two hundred to two hundred fifty thousand to five hundred thousand or better, and as far as the, the articles of the Constitution is the articles that will go against most of these white treasonous people that that take take land and put stuff in indigenous areas for where they need not to be. They can't put those things. So okay. that's that's the question I'm asking. Um, uh, I, it, I, I'm, we, not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how
0: many. I'm not sure how many it. it takes to become a nation uh i know um i I, i'm not sure i'm not sure how many it takes to become a nation
5: Okay, okay because look the nation of islam right that's a nation right okay so i'm saying how come they haven't taken the option to go get reparations you well you want
0: you want to talk to somebody in nation yeah, right, right. of Islam type of I don't cool know too. I don't cool know man too. because yeah. when
5: you say you a nation yeah. I mean it is what it is because you know Africa we ain't just that's like, like African American mm-hmm. those are two countries there's no way that you could be from two countries you know like that you have to be from one solid country just like all these white folks they can they well, can say what, what about they,
0: Asian what about Asian American
5: Asian Americans that's well, a that's a that's a, a from, that's a
0: descriptive come, term. That's an ethnic group. That's, that, yeah, that's a that's not that's not a nationality. Right. African American is a descriptive term. And if you understand the origin of the term, Africa coming from the Afri, uh-huh. and read page fourteen to fifteen of, uh, of um, Great African People in History uh, yeah. from Dr. John Henry Clark. It okay. comes from the Afri. The Afri were a group of black uh, African people in Algeria and Tunisia. Uh-huh. The free and and the area that uh, Rome is conquering. Uh, this is who's 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 there. So um, when you study Publius Cornelius Scipio, his last name was not Africanus. He takes the surname Africanus after he conquers um, Carthage. Mm-hmm. And, and Carthage. This is during the Punic Wars. Uh, the Carthaginians, right? Uh, this is uh, this is where uh, Tunisia is. Carth- Tunisia used to be Carthage, okay? okay? And you have the Afri, who are a group of black African people in Algeria and Tunisia, okay? okay? Uh, so read, read pages 14 to 15 of, um, I think it's Great African People in World History, because I had a book with me from uh, Dr. Doctor John here, African People in World History, pages 14 to 15. Okay. Uh, and he and he deals with that, okay? Uh, okay. P- uh, p- when you study Publius Cornelius, Scipio, who defeats Hannibal Barker at the Battle of Zama in 202 BC. His family's last name was not Africanus, it was Scipio. And Africanus Mm. means belonging to Africa in Latin. Mm. Okay, if you read Cassell's Latin English Dictionary, uh, 2002 edition, page 11, in the entry for Afir, A-F-E-R, Afir, it gives you the definition of Africanus. Africanus means belonging to Africa. Okay. Yeah, I gotta get these other calls, man, because we're right, running out of time. You. Thanks for calling, hey John. Thanks for uh, thanks for calling back, John. Uh okay, thanks for, thank you. Go ahead. Thank
6: you, man. Thank you for educating the people, man. Knowledge is power, and you took out a lot of good information tonight. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask the, the, the great philosopher there about Egypt. I mean, not Egypt, but uh, 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 uh Israel. I mean, uh the Jews in the uh, in, in Africa because they were used to be real good uh, uh soldiers together when when Romans in, in, in invaded invaded uh Israel and all that and then, then Africa was was was, caught, was pretty powerful their And so that they, they hooked up with the Jews and uh they was uh, 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 a I mean, good good uh Christian fighters they got good good fighters. I don't know where they Christian or what. But they they they, 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 they okay. really, really was a a a good uh, people that that, that. Then they they sided with the Jews to a certain extent. I just want to ask him, well, can you speak on that? But that I mean, maybe next time He can speak on it own.
2: Voice, so okay, uh, we probably I, have to
0: get that in the show. We're running out. we running out of time here. Yeah, Jew, yeah you, okay, you, okay. You, 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 you weren't talk, You're not talking about the Jews who were kicked out of Spain the Sephardim. You're talking about the ones in Africa. You're talking about they like the, right. the, the like the Beta. Say that again. Yeah,
6: yeah. Like, 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 not not the European Jew, but. The, the Jews that was in Africa and
0: uh, also like the beta and, Israel in uh Ethiopia. Yeah, in the
6: that's beta right. Israel. Okay. That's, that's right. that's okay. That's right.
0: Thank, thank you for putting in perspective. That's
6: exactly like right. Okay. That's right. All right. Okay. Thank we'll have to thank get to
0: that in another show. We we'll talk about that when we bring Professor Kaba back okay. on. Okay. Thank okay. You All right. right. That's called John. Uh let me give you the article. Let me give you the name of this book here. This is called Fighting the Slave Trade. Fighting the Slave Trade. West African Strategies. First edition. This came out in 2003. This is by uh, a sister who is a uh, historian of the African diaspora. Her name is Sylvian Dioff, D-I-O-U-F, Sylvian Dioff, okay? And uh, I, I came across a book on Amazon. Here's a synopsis of it. Check with Nandy's Knowledge Cafe, 71 Oakman Avenue, Highland Park, Michigan. See if Nandy can get this book for you. While most studies of the slave trade focus on the volume of captives and on their ethnic origin. The question of how the Africans organized their familia and communal lives to resist and assail it, it, it resist and assail it has not received adequate attention. But our picture of the slave trade is incomplete without an examination of the ways in which men and women responded to the threat and reality of enslavement and deportation. Fighting the Slave Trade is the first book to explore in a systematic manner, in a systematic manner, the strategies Africans used to protect and defend themselves and their and their communities from the onslaught of the Atlantic slave trade and how they assaulted it. It challenges widely held myths of African passivity and general complicity. complicity in the trade and shows that resistance to enslavement and to involvement in the slave trade was much more pervasive than has been acknowledged by the Orthodox interpretation of historical literature. Okay. It shows that resistance to enslavement and to involvement in the slave trade was much more pervasive than has been acknowledged by the Orthodox interpretation of historical literature. Focused on West Africa, focused on West Africa, the essays collected here examine in detail the defensive, protective, and offensive strategies of individuals, families, communities, and states. In chapters discussing the manipulation of the environment, resettlement, the redemption of captives, the transformation of social relations, Political centralization, marinage, violent assaults on ships and intrapods, shipboard revolts, revolts on ships and controlled participation in the slave trade as a way to procure the means to attack it. Listen to me. Controlled participation in the slave trade as a way to as a way to procure the means to attack the slave trade fighting the slave trade presents a much more complete picture of the West African slave trade than has previously been available. Okay. This is by a sister. I I was at her website today. She is a historian of the African diaspora. Her name is Sylvian Dioff, D-I-O-U-F. Check that out. Okay. Uh, Also, we know there were 250 to 313 uh, uh, slave rebellions that took place in the U.S. in 1619. To 1865. Uh, history.com, check out the article Slave Rebellion, Slave Rebellions. Uh, PBS.org, PBS.org, check out Did, Afri- Did African American Slaves Rebel? Did African American Slaves Rebel? by Dr. Henry Louis Gates Jr. Uh, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. I've done broadcasts this past week. We put them on YouTube. I did two dealing with Kanye. I, I did I did one dealing with why the quote from Harriet Tubman is a fake. And then I did uh, one with Kanye's initial statements and dealing, and, and dealing with how slaves rebelled, how enslaved Africans rebelled against slavery. To, to think that we just accepted it is disrespectful to our ancestors and shows that you have not studied the history. Okay, so check that out. i got to get out of here. I have to make way for uh, uh, Pastor Mo. Hey, uh, visit our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. We have the 8 DVD bundle pack, the Black Panther bundle pack. Uh, that sales going on. You can sign up for the online courses I teach. They're on demand. You can also donate to the African History Network. Click on the yellow PayPal button at our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, or, or the link uh, uh, paypal.me, the A-H-N show. Remember, at the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people throughout the diaspora and around the world because right
2: now it's corrects wrong own behavior. It's not over till we win. Wakanda forever. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.